Welcome to episode 10, season 3 of A Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I'm Paul LePage. And Paul, a little frustrating, 2-0 loss. However, we got to share our misery with a bunch of friends, some old, some new, here at TexFest, here at Platypus Brewery in Houston, Texas. Uh, thanks to them for letting us set up, but uh, another disappointing loss, Paul, at 2-0. We are. We're, we're outdoors. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. We sat with friends from across the country, and we're wallowing in the gloom of another defeat. So it's just uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better, organisational-wise, location-wise. People making the effort, and then just to watch that cluster on the screen for 90 minutes. It's just uh, so. I'm be not even frustrating. Just. Lack of passion, um, just gutted, like watching it at the moment, and that's no fun whatsoever. So we'll kind of talk about some of the questionable strategies and everything with guests throughout. So first, though, our guest who traveled the furthest, Mr. Brian Donnelly, all the way from North Carolina, flew out here for TexFest. Thanks for coming, Brian. It's good to meet you in person. Yeah, it was great to see both you guys and all the people who came in from all over Texas. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people from Austin, Dallas. Um, so, yeah, we're having a good time. Um, how you like in Houston? So far, it's been great. Got in really late last night, but I got to take a tour of Minute Maid Park this morning, which was gorgeous. It looks like a great place taking a ball game. Yep. Five straight ALCS this fall. We'll see if it's going to be six. I think but it could be. Just wait till you run into my Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you will win, and it will be sad for me. <laughs> and friend of the podcast, Nathan Judas, Toronto Blue Jays. Very true. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which Nathan uh, uh, responded. We sent him the picture for uh, Text Fest, the photo of all of us, and he was pretty excited, thought that was cool. Um, but the lineup was weird. Just from the very start, it was kind of like, uh-oh, I mean – Johnny, we knew, was going to play center back once the lineups came out. And then it really, Neves was playing as sweeper. I mean, did you feel like there was any kind of plan? Yeah, that was a bit, it, it was a bit odd, but it did, it defensively, it largely seemed to work, except for those few punches on the counter. I think Neves did a really nice job being able to ping the ball from the back, which really helps it. And largely, I've, it was very frustrating in result. But I do feel on the whole we were the better team most of the time. It's just that final third, like has been the refrain all season, has been a real problem. And then Paul Neto got hurt there uh, early in the first half. You know, I, I've been critical of Neto recently. You obviously hate to see somebody hurt, especially – to that extent because he was in a boot there in the second half. Didn't look good. Number one, silly challenge that he got hurt on. I mean, if he had actually connected on the challenge, he's getting a card for that. Um, so a little frustrating. But Adama came in, and it kind of felt like things were flowing a little bit better. Yeah, it felt always to me like we were, at, at times, the home team, and we were getting done on the counter. But there was still no real penetration. We still felt a little... Um, vulnerable I think and what's that to do with at the moment is it a, a lack of confidence a little um, but I, I, I've still got to question that decision around the formation and 
just the trust that he's got in the squad that if you can't stick to that four at the back which has been his mantra since the start of pre-season pre-season games training lineup all of that yet one of your main key players goes down and he's making a change just out of that I'm just staggered by it I would rather have gone in there stuck to his gun stayed four at the back given Toti or Mascara a go at least you wouldn't be sacrificing the, the, the shape of the team that way to such an extent I'm wondering what they used the international break for if they weren't using it for to get Toady and Mascara all set to go. I know. It just it, it makes zero sense that you've got all of that time. Neves wasn't even here, you know, so he was with he was with Portugal for that time, so what's the point of even having those types of players available if they're not gonna get a, a start or be trusted? when that opportunity arrives it just I, I don't know I'm frustrated beyond belief I think at the moment and something's got to give and after today I can't see the I can't see the team pulling it around hmm. and it, it, it'll come down to the coach to me I think he's uh, he's on his last legs well Paul what's cool about having this podcast live here is Text Fest is we got a lot of guests coming on you want to introduce our next guest this is Chris all the way from Austin Howdy, howdy. How you doing, Chris? Doing all right. What did you think of that today? Uh, more of the same, yeah. More of the um, same, yeah. Zero difference. Uh, it looks like a lot of effort being put out on the pitch, but again, no result. And our goal differential, which we could hang our hat on, is after the last two matches, gone. It's a great um, point about the goal differential. I mean, we... For the last two seasons, we've hung our hat on well. We've, we've been a very good defensive team, and that is starting to fall apart. Um, is it because of Cody going away? Um, we saw Nevis, the new team captain, step into that center back role today. Um, maybe, maybe trying to grab onto some of that leadership that, that Cody offered in that position. Um, kind of the field general from that position, and Nevis has kind of taken over that role. Is it the center back that has to be that position? Who knows? I did notice when Costa came in, he was starting to kind of take over a leadership role right away. I saw him really telling the guy, okay, calm down, calm down. And, and so that was nice to see and something we've been hoping. And Paul, it was immediate. Yeah, it, it was, was immediate. immediate. As soon as he came on and as soon as he was anywhere near the penalty area, he immediately started communicating to the rest of the guys. Um, oh, and how nice was it to see Adama pushing down the right flank to put crosses in right towards him? We've been looking for that ever since the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when Adama first came in before Costa came in, um, they had him playing on the left side and sometimes in the middle, and it's like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? Just throw him on the right side where he's comfortable. You know, put Costa in the middle where he can get up. I mean, he had the good um, the good shot. It was a little wide on the header, but you're not going to expect Paul, everybody, to be right on target when they've been out for so many months. But he, he definitely added a spark. Definitely. I, I ended up watching the, I think, the official... Uh, club account tweeted out the, the highlights from when we beat him 2-0 on, on Project Restart and 
that ball for Raul from, from the first goal and that game, that was dovetailing between him and Doherty and Doherty coming inside and then Adama taking up that space on the right. That's not been seen of at all. And that's where you get the creativity from. That's where you get the end product from. So if you've not got that opportunity to even get into those spaces and organize the attacking plays in a way that can cover for when one overlaps or goes on the inside, it, it just seemed like a whole lot of people didn't know what they were doing today at all. And that's not necessarily on the players. That's down to how they're set up. So it's, uh, it's dark times, I think it really is. And after an international break, too, I think that's what's frustrating there is they should have been really working on tactics a little bit more, and it was the same old, same old. Yeah, we we dominated in time of possession again, and again, nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, you think we saw Bruno's last game, Brian? I can't imagine too many more, honestly, after what we've seen. We, we can't get drawn to a relegation battle, and it's feeling more and more like we're getting pulled into one. So I, I would at this juncture, I would be surprised if he's there after the World Cup. Yeah, I think for sure that. Um, next game is Chelsea, um, and then they have Nine in Forest, which, yeah, I mean, you have to hope for a win there. I'd be curious to see if they let him just play out the Chelsea game just because – that's a tough go to have a new manager come in for an opponent like that. Um, Paul, what are you thinking? How much longer? I think it goes either two ways. Either he gets fired after this game or he gets the whole of October. But mm -hmm. I think for a... Th today was a game that we should have got something from. Yeah. At least a point. If you're battling with a team like West Ham who are in a similar position, they haven't got off to a great start. Some of their players are woefully out of form. Like, Bowen hasn't done anything this season. Oh, the Wolves turn up, he scores. Skamaka hasn't scored. Oh, let's bring the Wolves out. Let's get you off the, off the uh, mark in the Premier League with your first goal. So that was something we should have done today was at least get a, uh, get a point from it. So um, could I see him probably hanging on, doing all of October? Maybe, but he, at the end of that, if we know where close to being out of the bottom three and approaching mid-table then time's running out really especially with this World Cup break factoring into it all. I, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say as, as supporters <clears throat> we have to remember that we are only eight games in but I think all of us feel like we're ever since Lodge came in it's it feels like the same thing nothing has been different there isn't a new feeling with this season. It's, it, it feels like it's been forever that we've seen anything good. And that goes back to last season. Yeah. yeah. This is a new season. We're only eight games into it. It's very early. There are 30 left. But it, it is getting to be crunch time. The pressure is definitely on. Definitely on. Yeah, which is a real shame because when he came on, there was a lot of on a promise of a different look and it was like oh this guy works so well with young players and makes them better yeah. and has a front foot mentality and i feel like we've seen a lot of good pieces and i think maybe it was on the fan cast that we're talking about this where it makes it feel like maybe he's more of a coach than a manager 
where he fits really good as that number two, but maybe not the number one guy. And I don't know, it's just a shame because I, I think I like him, but we're not getting where we need to go. And if we might need to make a change in order to get something out of this, it just feels unfortunate. I, I like him. I, I like what he comes out with. I like his philosophy, but there seems a breakdown to me in from his game to what we see on the pitch. And whether the players are fully bought into it or whether he has difficulty in getting across what he wants to say to, to see it on the pitch, it could well be right that he's a good coach. If you've got a, a, a manager that's instructing the coach, this is what I want done. But to have him as a coach and then go into manage and being able to motivate a team, being able to put a, an accurate shape together. I, I, I think he could be overcomplicating things, trying to be too much of a perfectionist. And if that doesn't work, you've only got one way to go. So, You want to hear from Ruben Neves? He just spoke to Sky Sports after the game. He said, we need to stop talking about performances. We always try to play our best to win, but it is not enough. We need to make sure everyone goes on the same path. It's time to look at ourselves. What are we doing in the Premier League is not enough. Having the ball is not enough. It's in our hands to work on it. We know our quality, but in a league like this, it is not enough. This is damning right here. If you don't train like you play, you will not be able to win enough games at the weekend. The good thing is we have time to change this. Now, he does say it is not the manager's responsibility. It is everyone. We are the ones that can get the results. It's not about us. Not It's... It is about us, not anybody else. We struggled a bit in the beginning with a lot of new players um, and a lot of players going out, but no more excuses. The training one really is interesting there. Brian, what do you make of that? Yeah, there's an interesting point. That does seem a bit damning. Is um, he hinting at something? Is he seeing something? I mean, this is obviously a statement that you want your team captain to come out with after, absolutely. Uh, after a loss like this. It implies something. I would definitely agree. But, yeah, I agree. It's a good statement from a captain. It is a captain's statement. Yeah, it's either he's not seeing people practicing hard or the manager's not pushing Well, there were rumors about that sort of a, a lack of attention in practice from, was it Ryan Aitnuri earlier? Hoover, yeah. So they blamed it on all the young kids. yeah. I don't know. It's a weird one that if, if that's We've getting We've got such an age out, range on this squad. I know. I mean, from the guy on the back of my shirt, Moutinho, to... But that, uh, that, that's a point in itself, that he's a, he's the consummate professional. He's, he's a born winner, second most caps for Portugal. I'm sure he wouldn't have stuck around and signed a new contract if he didn't have some belief in what was going on. So now... What, what's the, what's his call? You know, why why did he stay around? If we're in this situation, if there was issues with the team, if there was issues for a coach, someone like Moutinho, he could have had a payday and gone away somewhere and had a nice two years, maybe gone back to Portugal, won, won a cup with someone. He's stuck around like Neves is still here at the moment. But what's what's the difference? You know, where's where, where's the connection between the coach and, 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 the, and the team? I don't know. So now we got my friend, Michael Moser from Houston. 
Mike's just getting into soccer. He started following Wolves, listens to the podcast. Uh, Mike, do you wish that uh, your friend me would have picked a, a, a more exciting club? <laughs> well, see, so your, your college football team, amazing pick. Alabama. Your pro football team. I grew up in Alabama. Yeah. Right. <laughs> your, your pro football team, sucky team. The Chicago Bears. So, see, uh, yeah, I'm a masochist. And then you pick the Wolves, which, uh, listening to the podcast, and, and I have, and watching the two or three, maybe four games that I've seen, um, I might have to question your sanity. That that is for <laughs> sure. Just now questioning that. <laughs> You've got four, 42 years of questioning sanity. Well, it, you are born into it, so I can't really help being it. But yeah. Well, we are officially back in the position on the table as we were when I first started supporting Wolves. <laughs> that first year, we survived by goal differential, if I remember correctly, and then became the plummet. Let's let's not let that happen again, Wolves. Yeah. Come on. I, I mean, I definitely could see the plummet happening after today's performance. Um, it was it was a little uh, what's the correct word for this? Um, insane there towards the end. It looked like they were doing really good, but just couldn't get a ball in the net. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Mike, how's how you liking? Because you've been a big football fan, and uh, you're, you're kind of learning the game. I keep telling people Americans are really gonna start gravitating more towards soccer. You're one of those guys. How you liking just watching the games, though? I, I have been to one in person, an MLS game. Um, it was miserable because I, I got rained on, and I griped and moaned the entire time. I can verify you griped and moaned a lot. Yes. Not as bad as Josh throwing a temper, tam temper tantrum in the middle of HEB, but um, I would say definitely in person over watching on TV, the, the draw is there. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you go for 90 minutes, you, you sit, you, you have a few drinks, you, you watch this nil-nil draw or, you know, two-nil two draw uh, win to, like today, and you just it's it's not as close as american football is as, as far as like camaraderie can, I, agree with that. I can't even say the word i want to say um it's more because mm -hmm. i mean you got paul from from england uh -huh. you got these guys from uh, south carolina austin dallas all over the place here just to watch this little soccer team from yeah. england yeah it's it's amazing yeah it's pretty cool and we also have Aaron from Dallas who drove down. How's it going, Aaron? Maybe you should have asked me uh, a couple hours ago. Um, I'm, I'm doing great. This is a wonderful event. You guys have put together a special day for us, and this is we're blessed with beautiful weather here in Houston. He oh, just complained man, about some great. rain, so this was this has been heavenly so far. Um, the performance has uh, soured the mood a little bit, but um, yeah, hang, hanging in there. You were just as excited as me when you saw Adama coming on. Um, had a couple of nice plays to Costa. Like, we have to see that from here on out, right? Well, you know, when you look back at me and, and we locked eyes and did our little cheer, I looked over <laughs> at my friend and I said, you know, 
he comes on, he's going to have a little impact, and then he just writes his name on the team sheet for the next month. Um, I was hoping it was a little bit better of an impact than what it was, you know. I was hoping for a goal or an assist, which he, he provided um, some good life, but, uh, you know, nothing's working. So when you've got uh, talent like that sitting there waiting, you know, um, we want to see something. So, How do you feel, Paul? You think uh, Adama's back in the team sheet, assuming Neto's probably out for a couple weeks? I think so, just by default. But I get the distinct impression that it's just biding time. And as soon as that clock ticks over on the 1st of January, he's going to end up signing for someone. Yeah. You know, So that's all I could see from, from this point out. As soon as he gets chance to sign a pre-contract, Probably end up going to Barcelona and he'll be a bench player and, and that'll be it. Um, again, whether that impacts on on starting, on who the coach is, who the coach can pick from, I, I don't know. But I think the writing's on the wall and we can't expect too much based on him not being not being around for very long. And it's too bad because I feel like he adds excitement. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, th there's excitement there. Yeah. Yeah, as that excitement, I feel like he kind of had a little bit of chemistry. It was almost like old school Raul, where I'm just gonna get it into the box, see what happens. And Costa was there a couple times, got his head on one. Um, man, I, I that's one of those where you'd like to see them really working on in practice here coming up. Yeah, the well, I think what Traore's always thrived on is having that focal point. So for for an age, it was Raul, but. He, he's never going to be the player that we want or really what we need and, unless he's got those players to, to play with. So you've got half a Traore if you haven't got a proper number nine. So maybe we, we start to see something with Costa. You, you hope. He didn't look he didn't look bad. He didn't look no. out of shape. He, he looked to be getting in, in the right positions, held the ball up, knocked it off. So... I, I, I just struggle that, again, we're relying on a, what is he, 32-year-old who was coming to the end of his career in Brazil, and now all of a sudden he's thrust in the spotlight of the, the EPL again and, and a full crumb of a number nine, and we're asking him potentially to do too much, where really he should be 20 minutes off the bench when, when we need it to do some damage that way. I, I think we're, we're asking for trouble. Yeah, I think it speaks to the culture a little bit too that, like, you know, that first half when we had special K, we saw some of the same things. Yeah. Some some great balls into a guy who was attacking, and it's like that's the root of the the culture that's missing there is that we finally get some small bit of a focal point, and then we look good. <laughs> and then, and then, bam, it's out, you know, and same thing here. We get, you know, what can you expect out of a guy who's, you know, pushing 40s and going to come in and try to be our focal point you know we have bright moments but uh it, it was it was tough to see for sure now i was sitting beside you for a lot of the second half you were really excited to see kim campbell and bubakar triore come in um especially kim campbell he had some moments yeah i mean a couple bright flashes you know i think we mentioned this a couple weeks back when i was on the pod that like right before that he had that screamer out the box and they were putting it on every social media page and it was like well hell i mean you know it's the under 21s you never can say that it can translate but that looked beautiful can we yeah. get some of that because that's what we need you know and he he came in and had that one he cut in and took a nice shot and tested the keeper which we can't say for too many other people on our team so 
Uh, I don't want to see him get time because that doesn't show good for our squad and where we're playing. Yeah. But hell, I mean, he, he looked okay in his in his bit appearance, you know. What do you think, Paul? How'd you like the two youngsters? I'm uh, I'm keen to see what Campbell can do, but again, it's got to a point where if you're relying a, a, on the impact of a 19-year-old when you've spent 120 million in a summer off-season, there's something distinctly wrong with that and it's not a reflection on him in any way it's a reflection of the output of the the Gedezes and the Pedences and the Nettos and the Traores that if we were generally scraping the barrel and wanting some hope for, from a kid then I think it just shows that we've got a lot to worry about. Speaking of hope from a kid uh, what are the chances that Fabio comes back in January. I don't. I don't think they have a recall option. None. Yeah. I so he's gone for the a, year. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I know. He and, looks brilliant out there. Oh, he <laughs> is. I mean, he scores the winner in uh, Europa League. Like, I don't know. Oh, but we couldn't know that either. We couldn't know that everybody would get hurt. Um, I don't know. Here's an interesting thought experiment. I know we don't like to look backwards too much, but what is the one thing that's happened, let's say, since the end of last season that we could look back on and go, man, if that was different, things would be different. Ooh, and I'll, I'll start it. For me, it's the Chiquinho injury. I think if he was still in the squad, I think the energy that he provided, just in the tiny little flashes that he was there, that's a great one, man. I think there's some there's some viability to that, but again, I, I just think the the parts are broken, and it's not necessarily down to, to one person, one injury, or, or anything like that. I'd be, um, I think, at the moment, I, I might change by tomorrow, but I'm definitely on the large outside of the fence, and. It's for me when you mention about Cody, and it's like Cody could have gone into that back four. He's he's been playing it in for for Everton, and they haven't been crazily found out that he can't play in a back four. He hasn't got that in his skill set. But yeah. what what was the circumstances around that departure that alienated him so much to the extent that shit, I've got to get out. Um, either. Based on playing time, you'd think he'd be the consummate pro that even if he was dropped, you'd think, OK, I'm, I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to earn my place back through form. Earliest opportunity, he was out the door. So I'm, I'm, on one side, I'm like, well, the likes of Moutinho stuck around and they seem invested. What went on with the likes of Cody that the first opportunity he had is gone. So Lodge must have just flat out told him, look, we're doing back four and you're not a back four guy. That's all I can think. And I do. Yeah, everybody knows I love Collins. Um, I think he was missed today. Um, but, yeah, it, it's – you're not sold on Collins yet? Oh, I want to hear this. I, I'm not sold on him yet. I, I still feel he has lapses where he's a real liability. Um, you mean like uh, flying karate kicking yeah, somebody? Yeah, yeah. And, and – just kind of sometimes he, he is a little slow, like his feet are like he's running in sand trying to get to the ball. He's, he's just late to, for me a little bit more often than 
than is necessary or really productive. Uh, I'm not sold. Well, you Gary. Just to compound on all of those points, you know, like when Paul was talking about Cody going out, you know, and then you think, you know, the Bali situation happened shortly after that, and not that I'm crying for Bali to be in, but they went out with the idea that we kept these other guys as the backups to that center back position. We've got a couple of them sitting on the bench, and they don't get an appearance, and for 85 minutes of the game, our only creative player is on the far end of the TV. You don't even see him because he's the farthest, deepest player. We got rid of these center backs. We kept a couple thinking they would be fill-in slash replacement, and then when we're in a pinch, we turn to Ruben, you know, and that just handicaps us from front to back. I I, I don't know what the decision-making is in along of those lines, you know. Guys, I got to go, but parting shot, let's sign Stearman again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Chris. Nice work, Chris. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Mike, who's been – because we haven't really gotten the introduction for you. So who's your favorite Wolves player to watch? Uh, I, 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 lo- I love me some saw. I love me some big old dudes that takes, that takes no crap from anybody and will throw an elbow if you come too close. <laughs> and saw, Saw's been a little disappointing, Paul. I felt like that second goal, he should have had the near post a lot better. Yeah, bad goalkeeping that is. Definitely, you've got your near post covered, uh, basics. So, again, I'm not sure he's been he's been awful, but you, you you shouldn't allow a goal like that in the EPL as a international aspiring goalkeeper. We kind of touched on that while we were watching. Mm-hmm. We had a little small conversation of, you know, what's our thoughts on Jose? And it's been not that it's bad; it's that it's last year it was so solid and so commanding that now it's been. It feels like it's been bad because last year he was such a rock and such something that we just leaned on that now it doesn't seem like that's the case and so it just seems like wow what have we where did we drop off to you know so this is exciting we're gonna do a live version of no stupid questions uh, Mike I'm gonna let you start off so I've, I've asked this several actually I, I'm sorry I asked this just to Josh and it was, I think, a couple weeks ago when y'all were talking about who wins in a fight. My question is, in an Anchorman-style fight, who are the four players and who holds the grenade? Well, definitely Adama's got to be in there, right? I think and so. Saw. Um, who else would be in there? I think also Johnny. Now. Diego now be yeah, Diego now, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think Johnny is like the the Bond villain. Johnny's got a hint of Bond villain about him. I almost wonder if ne- uh, Potence is in there. I would think Potence would yeah. have to be in there. He'd probably just be like, excuse the phrase, punching dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who would have the trident, too? I mean, I got to th- – Potence may be the trident. <laughs> and then the hand grenade, I could see, like, Costa holding that. <laughs> Potence feels more like just like a club in his hand kind of guy. He's already the one anyways who gets into the closest to an actual fight every match anyways. So mm. he's a scrapper. He doesn't need a weapon. Just let him get in there and bang around <laughs> underneath everybody. Saw definitely has the brass knuckles. Yeah, I was probably I would give him the trident for the extra reach with those long arms too. <laughs> That's awesome. Aaron, you got a no stupid question? 
Unfortunately, I don't got anything for right. us today, guys. <laughs> what about Brian? So now that I'll be here for my first time, where's the best barbecue in Houston? Killins? Probably. probably, yeah. Yeah, probably Killins. Killins? Yeah. yeah. Now, there's usually on the weekends like a two or three hour line to get in there. And they are building a couple more locations. In fact, they're building a location near me and you, Mike. Yeah, so not, not too far from us. That'll be exciting. That's probably my favorite. Um, yeah. yeah. I think you've got, you've got a lot of choice, which is good. So uh, I'm not sure where we are downtown-wise that you could get and, hooked up. But. And Tex-Mex, too. Yeah, yeah. Tex sleep on, like on the Tex-Mex here. So we got one more or two. So last year, the theme of the pod was films from a bromance perspective what would you what film title would correspond to this season straight to oh. dvd because it's, <laughs> it's fucking terrible that's why um it has to be i feel like right now it's one of those where paul's like smitten kitten over somebody and then loses that love and feeling and the rest of the season is yeah. him trying to get it back with yeah. like changes in there. So it's just like failure to launch title. Yes. It's just a lot of promise never really yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm I'm getting Hallmark holiday movie vibes <laughs> that it's those have a happy ending, Paul. Well it's failure to score. <laughs> oh. It's dreadful up till Christmas, but then they get a new coach and December oh, onwards it's beautiful after the World Cup. Like Good the, third act. Yeah. yeah. And even if you've seen any of those, they all have the different title, but it's the same movie over and over again. <laughs> We're seeing the same movie every week. We are. It's repeating. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the from, lifetime. It, it's the same movie from having Nuno as coach. So, <laughs> you know, two years on, it's exactly the same. Well, fellas, we're going to, I'm going to pop out of here. Just wanted to say. Hey, thanks for coming in, Aaron. We're going to see you person. tonight. Yes. We're going to we're gonna celebrate a few places. Mike, you got an Aaron stupid question? All right, I got one more. Who do you bring in as a player coach? Botinho. 100%, right? Yeah. If he had his coaching badges, which I don't believe he has. So, <laughs> you know, if you've got aspirations to, to go on that journey, I'd have thought you'd have probably put some time into getting your qualifications by the age of 36. But I might be going off, off topic and, and he might have done something, but as I think, it's been mentioned that he hasn't really gone into coaching at all. But a lot of what you hear, that the players say, oh, it's great working next to him and he'll tell you like where I need to be in positions and everything. You see him on the video, he's, he's coaching and cajoling and, and talking to people. So it's, it's a, if, if Large was to go now and they, they gave Moutinho a even caretaker manager, it's a, like, too big a gamble, you know, too big a gamble. I mean, could you see them bringing back Cody? Could you see him bringing back Cody as a coach? No, no, you're yeah, not this early. No, not not this early. It's, uh, unfortunately, if if they have to get rid of him now, which I think Fosen have to save face with all of this, and saving face means having a pinnacle of the team in the top flight. So relegation is out of the question. They've got to do something quickly in order to stop that happening. If they got rid of him now and they don't have their ideal replacement, because they've probably got three or four names that they'd really like, they'll have to get someone in, like when we're in the championship and we had to get Paul Lambert in after um, after Walter Zenger, in order just to solidify the team and keep him in the league. 
I could well see that happening. Steve Bruce? <laughs> no, he, he, thankfully, he's taken and he's doing a, he's doing an excellent job. But I'm with Stu from the fancast on here. It's got a bit of likes of someone like Sean Dyche, ex Burnley manager. But I can't. I, on the one hand, it makes so much sense. But on the other, how's he going to talk to that contingent of Portuguese players? You know. Yeah. So, is it? What my biggest worry is that we're going to turn into a Watford and it's just going to be churning out these Portuguese coaches who haven't got the, the, the grasp of the language, their struggle to convey their ideas and their way of playing if it isn't a predominantly Portuguese team. So that, that's my biggest fear. I, I don't want to turn into one of those clubs that's just sat these coaches, get a new one in, 18-month cycle, Away he goes again, get someone else in, churn it, churn it. I just want some yeah, solidity. The, and On the plus side, or I will say to the Fosin, they seem very pragmatic and very measured. And well, I agree, the last thing I think we'd ever want to do is get on that coaching carousel where you just, you'd never have stability. I don't think Fosin would let us go in that direction either. I think they're just as terrified of getting on that type oh, of yeah. I mean, that type of train because that never goes well for anybody. Aaron and I were talking about that during the game. Like, if they did get relegated, like they have all these huge assets. Yeah, they'd make a ton of money selling off everybody. But yikes! So they they can't. They would sell. I think if we got relegated, they'd be like, "Yeah, bump this." Um, Brian, any names for manager? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I keep track of that type of, yeah. of thing off the top of my head. So no, I almost I can't feel like there may be guys after the World Cup, a little, a few more that are on the international manager list that would be available after the World Cup. As long as it's not Greg Berghalter, man, he can't score a goal either. <laughs> oh my God! If it's no, Greg Berhalter, I may murder somebody. Yeah, so I would give me Bob Bradley over Greg Berhalter. And definitely no Gareth Southgate, no. Oh, yeah, Southgate. How would you feel? Southgate bombs for England and then gets fired and joins Wolves. Drops Kilman, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that doesn't end well for anyone. Yeah. But, yeah, why not bring in Jorgi? Who? From, uh, from Germany, the old guy. I'm lost. Oh. Booger picker. <laughs> No, our scratcher. <laughs> no, it's it's, oh yeah, it's it's not happening again. I don't know. I don't know where we turn. I, I genuinely don't know where we turn, which is just as worrying as being in this predicament that we're in. Is there a good Brazilian coach? Because they do speak Portuguese. Mm. That may be something outside the box we haven't been talking about, but. I don't know. Well, at this point, I think the, the language in the dressing room is English, though, even though the vast majority are Portuguese. That's what we've kind of heard is that what is spoken on the pitch is English. So I don't think it has to be Portuguese. But I think it, it has to be someone who can teach these guys a bit more of that killer instinct. I think the, the, only, the, the only transition that we're going to see when it comes to coaching is it will be, as it stands, part of the Mendes carousel. So you're picking from three or four guys at best. Mm -hmm. And who's the one, Ruben Amarim at um, Sporting, is it? But I think he's younger than Moutinho, yeah. or close to, or, or he is different. 
he's got a good re reputation. Hey, Bruno Lage had a good reputation before he, he came here. So Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Blair <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. I think he, I think he'd be more, uh, he'd be more demanding than Bruno. Is, yeah, probably can, would. So. Except the demand he would be. Yeah. Okay, I don't care what you guys do. Give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a wrap, I think. Yeah, that's a wrap uh, from the inaugural Text Fest. We had a good time. Everybody uh, who came in from out of town, Dallas, Austin. Brian from North Carolina, man, yep. we, we appreciate you coming in. Um, had a good time. Got to talk to Chris. Got to talk to Mike, Aaron. Got so. a shout out as well to uh, Leia, who was one of the uh, winners of the replica jersey. Uh, she's from Katie, and she was saying that she got into watching the Wolves during lockdown, I think it was, and used the podcast to help put her baby to sleep. So <laughs> obviously that comes across really well with our uh, our topics of conversation and, That's and, tremendous. and smooth yeah. uh, smooth talking that we we yeah. can put young children to sleep, Josh. So. And our, our, our good Facebook buddy, Jukebox Joe. Jukebox won. Joe was here. Yeah, and he it, won the, one of the kits, so that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so good time. We, we had some people for Houston Wolves that don't get to come out very often and obviously the big group. And then tonight we're going to go a little bar hopping and we'll probably have some more discussions as far as who the manager is. Well, I'm sure we'll have a ton of solutions. We may, yeah. we may go and do a, uh, a Twitter live after a few beers. Oh, yes. That will so be, like, not be recorded yeah. once we get to the third spot? Like a whole lot of Wolves nights, like yeah. Bay, yeah. Baywatch after, nights. After, after dark. After dark, <laughs> yeah. The F-bombs are dropping. Maybe a C-bomb from Paul because, yeah. Yeah, that would be tremendous. Nice Paul, one. thanks for – I mean, Paul put a lot of work to organizing this. Turned out fun. Hopefully, uh, we keep making this better and better. That's it, exactly. TexFest 22. Let's see where we take it bigger and better. TexFest 23 in the championship against uh, <laughs> Huddersfield. <laughs> yes, thank you, Paul. This was definitely amazing for someone who is new to the whole Wolves stuff. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for TexFest. And thank you for explaining Wolves football to us. <laughs> Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll thank me in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> Whole Lot of Wolves is self-funded, so if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities as a way to reach a niche audience, email hello at wholelotofwolves.com for our sponsor packages. Just want to make a contribution as a listener who enjoys the show? Then head to buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. That's buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. We greatly appreciate any contribution. Up the Wolves.